Sokala Duma Radio. Hello and welcome to Sokala Duma Radio. I am your host Ngululwe Kunkeo and it is a Friday. So between 2 and 3 in the next 60 minutes, you will hear a lot of football content that has happened over the past 7 days. We are back. The Absolute Premiership is still interesting. Mamelodi Sundowns, Orlando Paris, Bitvis Verts, sometimes some people say Cape Town City as well. Something has happened to boost their chances of the title. We'll talk about that. I have have Rodney Reiners in the studio, also have Clint Roper in the studio, and a new host from now, from next week onwards, is also in the studio. That is Shane, and we also have Simon as our audio engineer. So, uh, we'll talk about a lot that has happened over the past seven days, but first things first, gentlemen, thank you very much for being with us. Rodney, how are you doing, sir? I'm doing well. And how has the football treated, treated you? I mean, in the midweek... Um, on working days, we had to see Sundowns playing um, against Chippa United. It was a very nice game. They won 3-2. Uh, were you able to catch those games? What did you make of the midweek fixtures? Yeah, I thought what was very interesting in that Sundowns game was how we, you could see clearly see he had the Widard game in, at the back of his mind. Mm. So with the substitutions and the rotations, rotation that was on show, um, you could clearly see that... Uh, while that game was important as far as the PSL title was concerned, yeah. he was just as um, he had one eye always on mm. uh, that game in Rabat against uh, Widad Casablanca. So that's going to be quite an interesting one. Yeah, we also have Clint Roper. It's interesting, Clint, that the PSL title race is mirroring a little bit of what we are seeing in the English Premier League in the sense that one team wins and the other one wins. Whatever Manchester City can do, Liverpool seems to be able to match it. The same here at home in that whatever Orlando Pirates is able to do, Mamelodi Sundowns comes, comes back and they match it. Three matches in hand and they won all three of them. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's fantastic. A lot of people say that the strength of a league uh, is often dictated by the amount of teams that can win it. Mm. Um, and so some people frown upon La Liga, for example, saying, well, the only two teams who are ever battling for that title. Yeah. Uh, same in Scotland, where you've got Celtic and Rangers, traditionally. Um, and people point to the EPL and say, well, there's any one of four or five teams that can win that Absolutely. league. Um, although, in my opinion, Man City are always going to win it uh, sure. uh, from the start. But they will argue that it's a Liverpool or United can win it. What's great about uh, the PSL in recent years is that while it was traditionally thought that Pirates and Chiefs were, it was a two-horse race, yeah. teams are spending wisely, they're recruiting wisely. Certainly Patrice Mansepe has shaken up the league with his money and, and Pizzo, uh, Pizzo's continuity at Sundowns has turned them into, into a giant. And all of a sudden you've got uh, teams like Bits and Supersport and even Cape Town City who are able to compete. And I think it makes for a healthy competition. Mm. Um, it's great to, to see midweek games in the PSL filling stadiums, 12,000 people mm. uh, at a time. So I, I think the league's stronger and it's only good for South African football. Yeah, we also have Shane uh, in the studio. He's going to be taking over from next week onwards as your new host. Shane, thank you very much for being with us. Your impression of the title race and the relegation battle in the EPSA Premiership before we move on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Welcome. I welcome myself and uh, thank you for hosting me. Um, one thing that I've noticed, especially down there in the relegation battle, uh, the struggle of Marisberg United seems to be continuing. Mm. And uh, especially when you look at uh, big players like your Fortune Makaringe, uh, those are your players that your coach Eric Tingler was expecting uh, to leave the team. But when you see those players are not giving their all, not saying don't, they, they're not giving their all, but they're not producing the performance that they produced for Marisberg yeah, when season. they were chasing the title last yeah. season. Uh, but this season, those players, when coach Eric Tingler is there depending on them uh, they don't seem like uh, um, the spirit like they had last season Absolutely, because, the same uh, is the case with a guy like Spessis Lovu, who was one of the best players of the season but you're not sure. seeing him this season. Yeah, uh, so those are also um, one of uh, the, the, the minors for Marisberg United this season. Hopefully in the next uh, three games they'll produce uh, a, a big performance that will at least put them in a spot for the, for the playoffs uh, of the PSL and National First Division playoffs. 
Yeah, I mean, the, the unfortunate thing is that they're running out of games. All of these teams uh, at the bottom are running out of games. But Marisburg United is a concern because they are on 20 points. Uh, I think the next best team next to them is on 24 points. Uh, so they are running out of games at the moment. However, we have a lot in our plate. Um, as you may have seen on the headlines on the Sokoladuma website, there is an image of Pule Hendrik Ekstein. As you may have heard as well, over the past 24 hours, Pule Hendrik Ekstein is no longer a Kaiser Chiefs player. We'll find out from him as to what happened. We'll get an opportunity to speak to him. But first though, um, a, the PSL has sent out a statement uh, to say that the games that will start from tonight between Cape Town City and Chipper United uh, will be uh, shadowed by a cloud, a dark cloud, and there will be a moment of silence uh, because Bobby Fati, formerly of Bitvis Verts and uh, uh, an NFD side in Royal Eagles, uh, he played there, uh, Real Kings rather, he played for Real Kings in the National First Division uh, has sadly passed away uh, yesterday. So the matches will, will commence with a moment of silence there. Gentlemen, uh, I remember this guy, uh, I think two or three years ago, playing really, really well. And there were a lot of speculations um, when he was at Bitvis Verts about Sundowns, Chiefs, naturally the bigger team uh, wanting uh, to get his signature. Uh, and then it happened that he had to move away from football because of his heart problems. Uh, he was away for around 12 months. He came back at Real Kings. Uh, and, 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 and of course, naturally, even at Real Kings, uh, they couldn't extend his contract or continue playing him because of his heart problems. He was featured in this week's edition of the Sokoladoma newspaper uh, with uh, journalist, veteran journalist Thomas Gwenaite. Uh, guys, let's talk about this a bit. Uh, it's saddening. Uh, however, it was a problem that everyone knew, all of his clubs knew, that playing him was always going to be a risk. Yeah, so um, as you mentioned, um, his, his final interview was done in Sokoladuma and um, there's a chilling headline on the front cover, Fatty, my life and death battle. Mm. And um, if you haven't got the Sokoladuma this week, go and, go and get uh, the paper just for that interview to hear his final words. And reading through that, um, what's very sad, and, and, uh, and Rodney as a footballer will understand this as well, is there's, there's a flippancy about the way that he speaks about this condition. Mm. Um, he's not the first player to have a heart condition. Carnu, a very famous player, was diagnosed with one. Um, there have been others, uh, Vivian Foe. Mark Vivian, Vivian Foe actually passed away in a confederation. passed away. And, and all these guys know that they've got a condition, but somehow they feel that they were born to play football. Mm. Why would God or whoever the higher power is yeah. at the same time hamstring them like this? And so there's this feeling of, uh, of immortality, perhaps, or it won't happen to me. Um, and days ago, he was speaking in Sokla Duma, um, and he's now passed away. Um, huge question mark. So if you read that interview, you'll see that um, Jose Ferreira of Wits and Gavin Hunt um, took it seriously enough to release the player. Yeah. Took it seriously enough to warn Supersport from signing the player mm. and saying, listen, yeah, this guy, you're actually going to kill this guy if you play him. Mm. So um, you, you've got to take your hats off to those gentlemen for doing the right thing because he was a fantastic player who when he did play Absolutely. Um, was one of the best in the park and, and, and could help you win games and help you win championships. So, so hats off to them. Um, I think the bigger question that we, we've got to be asking is that at all these clubs, and not just in South Africa, but all over the place, these players are said to sign for clubs on condition of a medical. And mm. you can imagine at the highest level that these medicals are, are, are quite conclusive, not just do you have a hamstring strain or, 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 or a sore knee. Mm. Surely you're checking lungs and checking hearts and, and doing all these tests. How is it that these heart conditions, and this one was a severe one, that three doctors after he fainted could pick up immediately. How is it that, the, 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 that something this big is, letting, is getting through the system? Something's yeah. going wrong. And, and this is not pointing fingers at the PSL. Um, it's not because it happens all over the world in, in the most sophisticated leagues. But um, I, I do think that um, that science, we, we're applying it to the to the to VAR and, and, and uh, it, the game's advancing in this way. Mm. Surely the medical side of the game can start picking things up because a guy like this would be walking around today. If someone had just one a psychologist to say, you know what, I know it's difficult to walk away from the game, but unfortunately, that's your lot in life. Become yeah. a coach, do something else. Um, but two. A, a medical certificate should just go out to the world that says this guy can't play or he's going to kill himself. Mm. Strong, um, I suppose, um, which is why he went against medical advice and decided to play on again. Um, ironically enough, I have, a, I have an example. Uh, as, as, during my playing days, um, I had a classic example of this. Um, our goalkeeper at the time, uh, Trevor Daniels, um, he played He played at Elenik in the, in the early 80s. He would have played with Hunty. 
Um, and then he moved over to join us uh, in the late 80s um, when we were playing, still playing in the Federation professionally. And he fainted at training once, uh, mm. completely collapsed. We were scared out of our minds when he, when he just fell, um, just, he just crashed down to the ground while we were training. And he was also diagnosed with uh, that type of heart condition. Mm. Um, and he, he um, from, from a good point of view, he took the medical advice, um, stopped playing. Um, became a goalkeeper coach mm. um, and lived uh, a, a, a good 20 years uh, further down the line. He passed away recently, mm. but uh, he accepted the medical advice and stopped playing. Um, so I've, uh, I would understand, I can understand as a footballer the pull of the game. Yeah. But um, we've, got to, we've got to think a little bit bigger than that as well. Yeah, I suppose what Clint is raising about being able to still play um, through a medical through doctors picking up that you have a problem, uh, that per- perhaps questions should be asked about a system. I remember uh, something similar happened with uh, Rivaldo Kutsia that he was supposed to sign for Glasgow Celtic in Scotland um, and he failed a medical. He had a, a severe uh, bone problem that was problematic that it would need a year or two to resolve, but he passed a medical at Mamelodi Sundowns. They accepted him even with that. Uh, so, you know, there are gaps uh, within the medical field or uh, with, within the system in football. However, that's, it shouldn't be a blame game. Uh, we have lost a player. He's contributed to the life of the EPSA Premiership, albeit two or three years. And the, EPSA, the, the PSL has responded uh, by indicating that there will be a moment of silence, a moment of silence uh, in, in, in honor of him and the victims as well uh, that was struck by floods, uh, by bad weather in the Eastern Cape, and also uh, more severely in uh, uh, the KZN. Right, uh, a lot has happened over the past 24 hours. Uh, Kaiser Chiefs unexpectedly announced uh, the release of three players. Khoto Malope uh, was a development player at uh, Kaiser Chiefs, and um, uh, Gustavo Paez was a player uh, who had played around 10 uh, seasons with only a, a few few goals, uh, even by the time that he had signed for Kaiser Chiefs, uh, people were talking about his ability to score goals. Uh, and, and, and also the biggest one, of course, uh, the biggest name from all those players that were released by Kaiser Chiefs uh, was Hendrik Ekstein. And um, we'll have an opportunity to speak to him, to hear it from the horse's mouth as to what led to the moment uh, that uh, now fans are bemoaning. Are uh, Kaiser Chiefs fans happy? Uh, of course not. They are not happy about the situation. Let's first talk about it as a team as well before we get to the man himself, uh, Hendrik Ekstein. Uh, but then we'll talk about that right after this break. Morning, Mzanzi. Excess day is getting closer. Call her. What's your excess shout out? My excess shout out goes to all my girls from Emma Kaya, Emma Gassi, and Viva City. It's time, girls. <laughs> Nalanjani, next caller. It's time to vote, South Africa. 8 May 2019 is Excess Day. Voting stations open from 7 a.m. to 9 p.m. To vote, bring your smart ID, green barcoded ID, or valid temporary ID, and make sure that the IC has your address. Go and make your Excess heard by voting on the 8th of May 2019. Dial 0800-1188. Or visit elections.org.za. Your ex is your say. Welcome back to Sokala Duma Radio. I am your host, Ngulule Konge. We're still um, on the topic of uh, Kaiser Chiefs releasing three players. And, and of course, the fan favorite of those players uh, was Bule Henrik Ekstein. We did a feature on him on Sokala Duma Radio uh, to find out whether he is actually what they're calling him to be. Is he really as good as they think he is? Um, we did that, and it was polarized opinions, people thinking that he hasn't really proven himself. However, we talk about his release now and his potential test nation Shane uh, what was your reaction of uh, the news yesterday when you found when you found out about these players being released yeah you know uh, when you're talking about uh, players who are his house I will call him a high profile player for Kaiser Chiefs due to the fact that the Kaiser Chiefs fans love they are they, they adored I mean uh, Pule Ekstein mm. I mean that is one player who has played uh, for Kaiser Chiefs since the era of Stuart Baxter uh, but when you look at the stats when you look at the stats, the stats doesn't prove anything that Pule Ekstein has, contrib- has been contributing to Kaiser Chiefs. Uh, Pule Ekstein in uh, as many as four or five seasons at Kaiser Chiefs. Uh, when I look at these stats, they are not really convincing. Uh, many people will blame Bobby Mutaung and say, oh, Pule Ekstein, the fans, we are all like that as fans. But when you look at the stats, 
the stats agrees with Bobumutaung, agrees with Kaita Chiefs. I might not be happy with the way, with how he, uh, the, his, his contract situation was handled by the, by, by the club. But when you look at what he gave to the team, he's won titles with the team. Um, also, he, this season and also the past season hasn't been a good season for him. But uh, the team has decided he's gone. But the Kaita Chiefs fans are totally not happy. All right, we'll continue with that conversation after we speak to the man himself. Um, let's hear it from the horse's mouth now. We join now live on the line by Pule Hendrik Exton. Pule, uh, we thank you very much for joining us on Sokoladoma Radio. All right, how are you feeling? I mean, it's been a very hectic 24 hours for you. Um, how are you feeling and uh, how is the body feeling? Mm. Mm. Mm, all right. And uh, what kind of reception have you got from the Kaza Chiefs fans? I suppose from social media, they would have sent you messages. And um, face-to-face, they would have seen you today. Uh, what kind of mood do you think they are in? And then, um, of course, the most important thing is for us to find out exactly what led to the moment where the contract was terminated. What exactly happened? Uh, when did talks start about you extending the contract and what led to the breakdown in talks? And then for you, you would then be able to confirm to us that the breakdown in communication was about the length of the contract that they were offering or was it about the amount or was it about game time? It was the amount. So can you confirm to us that it was, were they offering you something lower? Um, was there a counter offer elsewhere other than Chiefs where the amount was significantly higher? talk about the amounts as well um you are mentioning the fact that the club was not willing to meet you halfway um were you genuinely interested in continuing for as long as the offer that was provided to you monetarily was at least uh, in the range that you were looking for with your team and the agent And then, of course, there was a reality that at some point um, that you were a at some point this season an important part of Kaiser Chiefs. Uh, you could easily play four matches back to back, and that actually happened at some point this season. And then there was a point where the communication between you and the and, and, the, and the team, like you're mentioning now, broke down, and then you were not being played. Uh, did you make any request to the club uh, to say that in the meantime, uh, do not play me whilst we are talking about this? Was this the club's decision not to play you whilst you are talking about the contract? Mm. 
And of course, did you then at that point, uh, were you then able to get any word from Coach Middendorp um, of, as to whether or not he's been given any instruction uh, to say that you shouldn't play in the period when you are refusing to sign this contract? Mm. Mm, all right, so he confirmed to you that, uh, the coach confirmed to you that he wanted to play you. However, um, unfortunately, the circumstances within the team uh, did not allow him to play you. Yeah, obviously, yeah. Um, Pule, we appreciate you speaking to us. Uh, and before we let you go, um, we'd like to speak to you for the whole hour. However, time is not on our side. Before we let you go, um, what is the next step um, for you? Um, any clubs in contact, um, overseas offers? What is the next thing for you now? Does that mean that you can always go back to Chiefs as well since you don't have an offer? Okay, all right. Um, we seem to have lost Pule Henrik Ekstein. However, um, the meat of the conversation um, we have spoken about, we really thank him so much uh, for giving us his time. We really, really appreciate the openness, uh, particularly uh, the fact that, of course, it's still a delicate matter. Um, it won't appear as if one side is slandering the other. However, you got the facts from the man himself. Um, in short, uh, there was a situation where at some point uh, the player was offered something by the club uh, and the player refused with his team, his management team. He refused the offer. They did a counter offer. Um, however, uh, both parties could not meet each other halfway. Uh, and the player is confirming that um, he is not speaking to anyone at the moment or he has not spoken to anyone at the moment. Uh, so we don't necessarily know what is the next step. Of course, it's been speculation that plays on social media and on, so on the Sokoladuma website um, with people commenting that he'll probably go to Pirates, he'll probably go to Sundowns and so on and so forth. Gentlemen, we have a matter to discuss in our hands. Um, I'm sure, Rodney, you would, you would have seen the story. Um, you've seen it playing out. You've seen this movie before. Um, what do you make of this? Look, it's always, it's always very difficult um, when it comes to contract um, negotiations um, with um, you know, players and clubs failing to uh, come to terms. So uh, I can understand uh, the delicacy of the matter in, mm. in, from, from, from Pule's mind. And I can understand where the club comes from as well. They've got a certain amount of money that they want to pay him, uh, a certain amount of money that they value him at. And if he's a little bit higher than that, they might not want to do that. Both sides have their, 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 their points of view, I yeah. suppose. Yeah, I mean, Shane, uh, your thoughts on the matter as well. I mean, it's a, it's a very delicate one. Uh, and it also has the element that I'm always passionate about, this idea that uh, because you're not signing, we cannot play you. You know, let's touch on that a bit uh, because it's something that is now common and prevalent with most PSL sides and, dare I say, in the world as well. Uh, um, 
It's common here in the PSL. And, uh, you know, I have to give credit to Free State Stars, not to be going off the topic, but mm. I remember Free State Stars when they hear that September Janji yeah. signed a pre-contract with Bitvers Vets, yeah. and they continue playing the player, but unfortunately uh, it happened that they had to pass on. Uh, but uh, talking about Pule Exton, um, this thing is becoming a norm mm. in, in, in PSL. And I think that is where um, the South African players, you know, need uh, needs to come in. Uh, but I, I also think they don't have much power to control what is happening with these teams of um, teams uh, refusing to pl- uh, play uh, players that have signed uh, pre-contract with other teams. Mm. I mean, professionally, if, if you sign a, a, a three-year contract with Orlando Pirates, you should play your, your, your three-year contract. If Orlando Pirates are serious about retaining you for the next season, they should negotiate your contract uh, a year or even two years before your contract expires. I mean, you see these things happening in England. You'll never hear that uh, Cristiano Ronaldo is, is, is on his last six months of his contract unless Real Madrid have no intentions of keeping him uh, mm. beyond his contract. But if that player, the team is serious, here in the, in, in the PSL, you hear that a player, most of the time, they're signing a pre-contract because they have this tendency of always wanting to negotiate a contract when they want to. They don't think about what the player wants, they think about his future. It's happening now with Pula Exten. Yeah. So, Alright, Clint, you've experienced this a lot. Um, I remember one season when Joma Cosmos went down, um, uh, Anthony Lafour at some point had signed a pre-contract um, with uh, Supersport United. Jomo decided not to play Lafour for six months and the inevitable happened that this is the most important player uh, for him. He didn't use him. He was relegated for multiple reasons, one of them being that player. It's happening now with Patuchet Anange at Black Leopards. He signed a pre-contract elsewhere. It only took the media a media storm for them to be able to play uh, their captain as well. Uh, their former captain was also going away, was also moving away. Rodney Ramakalera has the same problem that is one of the top goal scorers in the Absa Premiership. He's not being played by Pulukwana City because he signed a pre-contract with Highlands Park. Uh, let's talk a bit. I mean, there's also a side to this that the clubs... Uh, What's the use of using a player? This is a, a side of an argument. What's the point of using a player you know is not going to be here? Yeah. You've got to look at it from both ways. Yeah. So, as you rightly point out, um, a lot of these clubs, if they're not in a relegation fight or they're not in a fight for the title um, and their, their status is secured, I feel it's right for them to start planning for the new season with the squad that they know is going to report for preseason, so in 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 essence, if a player is leaving, and it's his 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 absence is not going to affect you in any way, um, I think it's the the prerogative of the club to to plan for the new season, and that's they're doing that for the fans, they're doing it for the coaching staff, they can also start looking at transfer targets themselves. In a case where you're a top three side, for example, um, we've got. Um, We've got Vits. Yeah, Sundowns, Vets, and uh, Pirates are the top three. Vets um, is one of the teams. Um, and you've got a guy like Darren Keat, yeah. who's being benched because he hasn't signed a contract. Mm. Um, that you, you've got to start asking questions about because technically they're still in the race. And when you've got arguably the best goalkeeper in the country sitting on your bench, and that's affecting the outcome of winning or losing a league, mm. then you've got to start asking questions. So that's a delicate, delicate situation. Yeah, I mean, it's, 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 a, it's an emotive one. Um, one that we probably, we are better off hearing from the actual uh, victims or the actual uh, parties themselves. And uh, the, we had the fortunate um, uh, 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 opportunity to speak uh, to Darren Kitt, who is in a similar situation that um, he saved Bafana Bafana, um, played an important role um, alongside guys like Persitao um, in the last game of the AFCON qualification group against Libya in Tunisia. Uh, Bafana Bafana are now in the AFCON 2019 that will be played in Egypt, and Darren Kitt was one of the star players in that game particularly. And then the very next game in the league, um, he was not played, and we knew that there were, there were contract talks. Uh, well, let's hear from Darren Kitt himself about what he feels about the situation. Well, at the moment, we are looking at moving overseas. Um, we have a few bites here and there, but uh, nothing to run home about at the moment. Um, I want to get back overseas, you know, take my family. My, my son's four years old, so we also want to get him overseas again and uh, see from there. Um, I also said that if I do leave it, it won't be for a, for a team inside South Africa because obviously bits have been good to me and uh, it's been a good working relationship. But yes, for myself personally, I'm looking at going overseas. Obviously, being on the bench, 
it's not uh, it's not where I want to be. Everyone wants to play, but uh, it doesn't change the fact that I'll still give my best for the club and for the team going forward. And that's the voice of uh, Darren Kitt, ladies and gentlemen. You're still listening to Sokola Duma Radio. I'm with myself, Ngurule Gonkeu, and Rodney Reiners, uh, Clint and uh, Shane, with Simon Strayler being our producer. Thank you very much for being with us up to this point. We are at the halfway stage of our conversation. Manuel de Sandals are playing tonight in the Cav Champions League. The last time, uh, and I think uh, Rodney made this point, that the last time Manuel de Sandals played and we previewed them, analyzed them um, with coach Gordon Egerson. They made a mockery of us because we played up Al-Akhli, eight-time champions in the CAF Champions League, Mamelo de Sundowns, Peter Musiman, and boom, 5-0. So, I don't know where to start here. Yeah. I don't know what to say. <laughs> I suppose it means with a, with a good luck charm for Sundowns, so let's hope it's the same again. Uh, 2016 winners against 2017 winners. It's going to make for a very interesting one. But I must agree with uh, what Fitz has said, um, I think it was on Tuesday when they play Chipper. Um, they're going to have to try and score away. That's going to be extremely vital for them that they're getting a away goal um, and then bring that back to Atridgeville the following weekend and, 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 and finish off the job. Mm. Uh, these teams have played so many times recent, in recent times. Uh, they played in these group stages of this edition. One team, every, the team that plays at home won. So Sundowns went away to Vidat Casablanca in Morocco. They lost 2-1. Uh, Vidat Casablanca came to South Africa. They lost 1-0. Shane, uh, your thoughts and on the strengths of these sides and perhaps your prediction where you see this going? A huge, huge, huge game uh, for coach Peter Mosimane and his side. I mean, Sundowns, this is probably... They started playing in 2018. I remember their game in Pretoria where they drew 1-1. Then Sundowns went to Rabat. They lost 1-0. Mm. They also played um, in the group stages. Mm. Um, if it was the knockout stages... that they, like, Fortunately for Sundowns, they met in the group stages. Yeah. Uh, because if they were meeting in the knockout stages, Sundowns would be out. Because remember, mm, Sundowns won 2-1 in Pretoria. They went away to lose um, 1-0 in, in, in Morocco. So uh, for Sundowns, this is a big, big, big game. This is one team that always gives them trouble. Um, I remember this is in, in, the, in the group stages. That was the first time they were beating um, 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 Vidal Casablanca. So coach Peter Musiman is looking to beat this team out of his way and go to the final but it will be very difficult but for coach Pizzo he's won his last two games I mean in the Absa Premiership against Barocca he's won his game against Chipa but for, for Vidad um, they, drew their la- um, they, they drew their last game against um, um, Raja Casablanca that yeah. was a huge huge game I think it also took its toll on the players they also lost their, their previous game before they played uh, against uh, Raja Casablanca they lost 2-1 so Pizzo Mosimane could be banking on that saying hey these guys might be a little bit low on morale, but when it comes to league games and also championship games, they seem to be uh, a, a bit of a balance that uh, this team is maintaining. Because Quick one, your sure. prediction then? Uh, this one, I say 1-0 uh, to Vidad, or, but my wish, I wish they can play a 1-1 draw, but for Vidad, there will be two coaches. Should they score first? Sanders don't see that Sanders scoring. Clint, your quick prediction on tonight's game? Yeah, so Sundowns in three previous visits to, to North Africa have struggled to score. They haven't scored. Mm. Um, I think Pizzo says he needs, it's important to get a goal or come away with at least a draw. Um, I'm going to go 0-0 will be a, a good result um, yeah. if they can keep it tight at the back. I just think it's great that uh, we're in the semi-final mm-hmm. of another Cap Champions yeah, League. absolutely. And at the same time, he's, he's still in the running for the league. So big ups to Pizzo. All right, Rodney, before we go to our guest... I'm going to go 1-1. I think Sundowns are playing extremely well at the moment in in, in that Champions League. And um, I think I'm going to tip them to get a goal this time on the road in Rabat. All right. Okay. Um, Of course, we would never talk about Sundowns in the Champions League without getting a person who has first-hand experience of Mamelodi Sundowns playing in the Champions League. We're now joined on the line by one of the best players to have ever played in the Absolute Premiership. Very, very, very talented individual, Roger Fetumba. Roger, thank you very much for speaking to us on Sokala Duma Radio. How are you? All right, we're trying to get Roger on the line. Roger, thank you so much for speaking to us on Sokala Duma Radio. How are you, sir? Yeah, very nice to speak to you. Um, we spoke uh, a few weeks ago when Mamelo de Sundowns was still playing um, in the quarterfinals or in the group stages. They are now in the semifinals of the CAF Champions League. They're playing tonight in Morocco. Uh, what would you be saying to the boys if you were in the dressing room?
Does you've played in these kind of games and these kind of competitions, um, even in African Cup of Nations uh, before? When you meet a team in the group stages that you defeated and they defeated you, and then you now play in the semifinals at the advanced stages of the knockout, does this mean anything? The fact that they've played uh, two times in the group stages of this season's CAF Champions League. All right, and of course, they are the strongest team in the country in terms of squad strength and the best talent that they have in the country. And you are going as far as saying they are one of the best teams in on the continent, rather. Does it matter when Sundowns play a game on Tuesday and then they play a game as big as this on Friday? Will that have any impact? Because Bitsa Musamana has said, after even after the cheaper game on Tuesday, that he will play the same starting eleven. Uh, because he trusts those boys and those boys are his squad. Before we let you go, legend, um, we have to ask you this. There is now Tupiso Mazembe, Esperance to Tunis, there's Vidad Casablanca, and there's Mamelo de Sundowns. Take your pick on the four teams that you think will win this edition of the CAF Champions League. Uh, Roger Fetumba, uh, a lot of Sundowns fans who are tuning in on Sokola Duma Radio Live will like what you are saying. We thank you very much for always availing yourself to speak to us. Thank you so much, sir. Thank you very much. That is Roger Fetumba, one of the best players to have ever played in this league. Uh, at least the most elegant, one of the most elegant left foot um, to have ever played in South Africa. That is Roger Fetumba. Um, I ask him about Mamelodi Sundowns' chances. There's Mazembe, there's, there's Esperance, there's Vidad, there's Mamelodi Sundowns, and he's tipping Mamelodi Sundowns, unsurprisingly. Gentlemen, four teams are remaining. Um, we asked this question when they were about to face Al-Akhli. Um, we were not sure, um, generally, um, as to whether or not they could go on and take it. Um, I will ask this again. Uh, are there any doubters now that they've defeated Al-Akhli 5-0, 5-1 on aggregate? I think the Mamelodi Sundowns that uh, destroyed 
Al-Akhli are the same Mamaladi Sanans that can win this whole thing. Uh, if Pitsa can get the guys firing and believing in themselves, believing that they are actually the best on the continent, buying into uh, Patrice Motsepe's dream of being the Barcelona of the African continent, then certainly that can go all the way. Um, and we just hope that South Africa as a whole take your club jersey off, get behind them uh, for flying the flag, because it can only be good for Bafana Bafana, it can only be good for South African football. Mm. Yeah, I think we're going to have to commend what they've done. I mean, I just read the stat earlier on, I think it was on the Soccer Laduma website as well, that this is their 50th game of the season. And My I mean, that's, that's, a staggering, <laughs> that's, an, that's a staggering amount of football. Um, and they're still in for the PSL title. They're still in for the Champions League. Um, they have to be commended for what they've done. Um, and I'm, I'm, I'm going to definitely doff my cap for what Pizzo and his boys have done. So let's, like Clint says, let's get behind them and let's get Sundowns to win this thing again. Mm, would you go as far as saying that they will take a chain? Yeah, I think so. I think so. You don't just beat Al-Ali with that kind of score and not win the Champions League, especially uh, meeting Al-Ali in the quarterfinals. You don't beat Al-Ali, I mean, the most successful club on the continent and not win this CAF Champions League. Mm. And Sundowns have got all the experience, they've got all the players, I mean, they've got all the ammunition, they've got uh, one of the best coaches in Africa in coach Peter Musimane. Uh, I think they should win, I mean, uh, the, uh, this round of the semifinals and go and meet. I, I like revenges. I like revenges because I remember they also uh, had a game where they lost lost um, to Esperance the Tunis a couple of years ago. Uh, hopefully they will meet um, Esperance uh, in the final of this CAF Champions League. Alright, okay, we're still on Sokoladuma Radio. If you've been with us since the beginning, thank you so much. If you've just joined us, we touched on Ule Hendrik Ekstein, his situation. We actually spoke to the man himself, we explained to us and you, of course, the listener, their situation uh, behind him leaving Kaiser Cheese. And it wasn't a pretty situation that he'd drawn uh, or he described if you are a Kaiser Chiefs fan because Kaiser Chiefs fans really adore that player. Uh, we also touched on Papi Fati and his passing. We've We've now just recently concluded a conversation with Mamelodi Sundown's former player, Roger Fetumba, uh, who begs Mamelodi Sundowns to go all the way and win the CAF Champions League. Of course, the first stop has to be Morocco tonight at 9 p.m. You enjoy that game uh, right after you've just enjoyed, or maybe at halftime after you've enjoyed Chipper United against Cape Town City. Right, every Wednesday you can get yourself a copy of the Sokola Duma newspaper for only four rands. And there's a lot that was unpacked this week. Uh, it was quite valuable. We had a conversation with Papi Fati. We didn't know. Um, I'm sure Thomas Gonaita TK, the veteran African journalist who spoke to him, did not know that that would be the last conversation he would be having uh, with the man himself. We spoke about that at length. Uh, Biba Nazo, our journalist, spoke to Itandani um, Chumayelo, um, who is now back at Baroka from uh, his suspension from football following a doping uh, misconduct. And there's also a uh, uh, an editor's column. He borrows the pen of Vuyana Chonin. That is uh, Olunga Adam, the sub-editor, who speaks about the price increase from 3 rand 90 uh, to 4 rands. Um, the first time I started picking up a Sokola Domanian's paper, it was only 2 rand 20 cents, and it's still not more than 5 rands. Right, so you get yourself a copy for only 4 rands every Wednesday. Gentlemen, um, we have another matter in our hands. Um, we'll go back to the Kaiser Chiefs matter to find out what the mood is amongst Kaiser Chiefs fans uh, in a bit. In around two or three minutes, we'll speak to one of their super fans, one of the most recognizable faces of Kaiser Chiefs, that is Marcelo Machaka. But we have a matter in our hands. We've just received the news now that um, Cape Town City, they had played a game against Bloemfontein Celtic. Celtic were playing at home. There are disgruntled Celtic fans um, who want clarity about the, the, the status of the club. They invaded the pitch around 22-23 minutes. The match was not shown live, but we spoke to the parties in one of the big issues. Uh, the PSL has now said that um, the PSL has now said that uh, the t the all, all the three points from that game have been awarded to Cape Town City. Rodney, uh, the implications of that and your impression of that. Well, I think the PSL probably needed to make a, a, a firm decision and take a stand against um, uh, crowd behavior. It's been a problem. Um, uh, we know it's been a problem in the PSL, and they needed to send out a strong message. And I think that, that um, with giving the, the points to City, it does send out that strong message, I think, that is required. Yeah, I mean, another reaction to this 
reading the the comments on the Sokaladuma page was that this is this was dealt with very quickly. Um, why the fans were asking why? Of course, we commended well done to the PSL for dealing with it um, in the manner in which they did. Uh, we don't know whether Celtic will appeal. Of course, um, if they have the right, they have the right to appeal. But why was it dealt with as quickly as uh, uh, more than other matters? Yeah, that is a very good point. Um, I think we spoke about this the last time as well when we were speaking about the um, the Sundowns matter, which has been dragging on for quite a long time. The Tender and Dora saga dragged yeah. on quite a long while. The uh, the Durban the Durban um, fiasco, fiasco, yeah, yeah. That, that took quite a while as well. So there, there there are questions that need to be asked about why this has been dealt with quickly and why the others have not been dealt with quickly. That is definitely a question that, that, that needs to be asked. All right, Shane, your reaction on the points given to Cape Town City and maybe even boosting Cape Town City's chances of finishing in the Champions League's places or even winning the league? Yeah, it got me by surprise. It got me by surprise that the PSL moved swiftly, I mean, to deal with this matter, as Rodney just said now. I mean, the PSL, um, there's a case that has been pending, a case that everybody's been talking about, the case of Wayne Arense, Mamelodi Sundowns, and Orlando Pirates. But still, that still hasn't been resolved. But this case, I think it happened about uh, around three weeks ago, yes, but already it has ago. been resolved. I, I hopefully will get a, a good answer from the PSL as to how they did go. Maybe they've got their own reasons. Uh, but when it comes to fan violence. I think there's also um, a, a rule also in the CAF Champions League because I remember uh, there was a team in that group of the Sundowns back in 2016 when they won the Champions League. Mm. Uh, there was a team from, um, I can't remember the, the country, but it's a huge team. They were the defending champions at that time, but their fans, they threw missiles into the, in, into the, into the pitch, but they in that group where the Sundowns ended up, there were three in their group in 2016 where they went, they went on to win the, the CAF Champions League. Mm. So I think uh, the PSN, I don't know how their rules differ from have rules, but I, I, I really don't know how the, this one was really um, quickly Yeah, uh, The thing is, uh, the, I think that we take everything in context and we understand the situation to be unique in itself. We know that this could not have been fans of any other team other than Celtic fans because they've expressed themselves that they will go and pick it outside the stadium. I suppose they would have looked, the DC would have looked at things like you guys knew the situation long time ago. We did, as Sokala Duma, a big issue, uh, I suppose around November last year, about and I, I posed this question to uh, Blomfontein Celtic and I said, what if the situation turns violent that the fans because the fans had said at the time that they will continue picketing outside the stadium every home match, but they will never break or vandalize anything. Now it turned violent. We now know that those are Bonfantine Celtic fans. Uh, it could not have been mis- misconstrued but to be anything else because with the Sundowns Pirates matter, there were allegations that these are pa- uh, Sundowns fans uh, wearing Orlando Pirates jerseys and so on and so forth. Clint, your reaction to the three points being awarded as opposed to a fine to Cape Town to, to, to Bonfantine Celtic? Yeah, I think at the end of the day, a, a club is responsible for the conduct of their fans. Um, that precedent is set all over the world. Um, and if you look all over the world, you would. Um, it, it seems that when there is any uh, speculation around cried, vi- cried violence, or uh, they, they, there are measures put in place to deal with that. Mm. Um, I know that the policing of the fans are being left to the clubs themselves. Um, and you've just got to wonder if the PSL maybe shouldn't implement some kind of a system whereby the club's security company of choice is actually somehow tested to make sure that they are football, fan, stadium security specific and ready. Mm -hmm. Um, Are they actually equipped to deal with football fans, with the passion of football fans, knowing that it can get out of hand? So uh, I think maybe the PSL needs to look at that and and get clubs to, to, uh, to, to prove their stadium readiness. Um, in the event of a situation, because it only seems in South Africa, and not just Africa, Africa on the continent, that it's only when something happens that we find out that actually we're not equipped to deal with this. Mm-hmm. We're actually just a, a presence, uh, a uniform and, and, uh, uh, and a whistle. And, and when, when, when the shit hits the fan, excuse my language, that's when people lose lives. Um, and that's when we're all sorry and remorseful. But then it happens again. Mm-hmm. I suppose the question would be that why... In one instance, um, where was a team uh, given a ban, a stadium ban, but in this instance, there are points awarded. However, um, of course, we're coming to the end of the season, and um, there was probably 
um, merits on why the points were deducted. We are now joined on the line uh, by Bitvesvet CEO Jose Ferreira. Jose, thank you very much for holding. We appreciate you being with us on Sokoladuma Radio. How are you doing in these dark times for the club? Mr. Ferreira, just confirm if you can be able to hear us um, from our side. We cannot hear you. All right. Um, we'll try and get Jose on the line um, once more uh, just to talk about Papi Fati and the circumstances that led to the club terminating uh, the contract and the reaction overall because it would have been a hero to the fans uh, of Bitvis Verts at some point. I loved uh, some his football and his impact at that club uh, three, four seasons ago. Right, gentlemen, there's also another 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 matter that we need to deal with here um, that has piqued my interest. Um, we knew we knew that in the NFD uh, at some point Stellenbosch FC was a front runner. Um, and Shane uh, on Tuesday spoke to Sean Barker and posed this question that uh, you guys were front runners in the National First Division for a very long time, uh, but you let it slide. However, now they only hold, Stellenbosch FC holds a two point lead um, on top of um, Royal Eagles, who are on 50 points, and IX Cape Town on 48 points. Let's touch on the National First Division. Uh, we have only 10 minutes left in the show. Let's touch on the National First Division um, and talk about who are the favorites. Remember that there's only one slot allocated to automatic promotion, so these teams will, will fight uh, to death uh, for that one spot because the other two, number two and number three, will play number 15 for the promotion relegation playoffs. Gents, let's talk Stellenbosch FC. You spoke to uh, Steve Barker uh, this week on the big issue on Sokoladuma Radio, uh, and he won the game subsequently against TS Galaxy um, on, uh, on, on, on Wednesday, 2-1. Two, uh, two goals from Igram Reyes. What was your impression of him uh, when you spoke to him? Did you get the sense that he probably will win the league? Yeah, I think he's ready. I mean, um, a, a great performance, uh, especially from the first half, uh, where their top goal scorer, uh, Igram Reyes, he scored a brace. I mean, they are ready. They are just only... Uh, a few games, two games, the only two games left. Uh, so they win one and draw one. I think they will be set and free. But in terms of if you want to be sure about promotion, they just have to win their remaining two games. Then they are set and free. I mean, Steve Barker, he spoke, he spoke to us on Tuesday. He said that his players were ready. And I could see that his players were ready. But you could see uh, towards the, I mean, the second half, you could ah, see that they uh, the came legs. Back strong yeah, and yeah, yeah. Galaxy, yeah. Tears Galaxy strong came back game. strongly. And you could see also Tears Galaxy, not um, uh, going away from the topic that they are also ready. They show signs of readiness uh, for the Nebbing Cup final. The, those boys are fired up. But for Stellenbosch, you can see that the boys are getting a, a, a bit tired, but it's almost there. That's the two wins, then they are straight to the, to, to the PSL next season. Mm. The long and short of it is that TS Galaxy, um, Stellenbosch FC have 52 points, Royal Eagles have 50, uh, 50 points, IX Cape Town on 48 points. So those are, it's a three-horse race. There's also Sakoma Samatsevandira on 47 points at some point. Uh, there are pending cases on them because there's an under-23 rule which they have not adhered to allegedly in terms of the protests that we've seen. Uh, however, I want to deviate a little bit to the gentlemen who are more experienced in this. Gents, your impression of the one automatic spot allocated to those teams, is that not demotivating to know that there are 16 teams only playing for a slot, one slot, to be number one, to be promoted to the EPSA Premiership? Yeah, I've always, I've always been um, of the opinion that it should be top, top, two, go, top two go up and then the, the, in the PSL, the bottom two go down. Yeah. Uh, simple, that's, that's the way I see it. Um, the PSL doesn't see it that way. Uh, they, they've got only the one because then you've worked the whole season and you might not even get promotion because you, it could go to the, to, the, to the other PSL club that finished second last. So um, I'm, I'm in the other camp, um, but uh, that is the way it is at the moment. And I think for Stellies, um, they, the, the, the spirit's looking very good there and um, I think they, that they, they could probably go all the way. Mm. Your impression, Clint, which camp do you belong in and your justification? Yes, look. The, the, at the end of the day, I think the, the PSL, to a certain extent, understand that the money and the deals that they do are based on the 16 clubs that are in the PSL. So that TV deal, the sponsorship that comes in. And so when it comes to voting on promotion and relegation and the structure thereof, mm. they're going to 
try come up with a system that almost ensures their survival, even if they do find themselves at the bottom of the table. Um, even the structure of the playoffs for the teams that have to qualify, I feel, are uh, in some way, it hamstrings a, a, an, an NFT division club. Some people yeah. don't have the same resources. Um, also, they're playing with this under-23 rule that, Absolutely, um, that, yeah. uh, that doesn't allow them to create a system to compete with a PSL team who doesn't have that rule. So yeah. there are a lot of things... Uh, yeah. against the, the NFD side. Yeah, the getting... other curveball about this, and this, the coaches have always said this, is that they will start the playoffs around close to June, mm-hmm. and they will end the playoffs in July, mid-July, and it's like four weeks before a new season starts, and that's why we have a lot of these teams who qualify via playoffs from the National First Division, and they go straight back down most of the time. Yes, it's, mm-hmm. I mean, it, it's the, the, the system heavily hamstrings uh, the, the NFD clubs, and you make another great point is how do you prepare for a season that you don't know you're going to be in because yeah. suddenly you've got a different budget to work with as opposed to an NFD budget. Sure. Um, but like I said, the PSL teams will, will kick and scream. They don't want to... Uh, the gap between the NFD, the amount of money involved in that, and the PSL... Um, is, is an abyss, and, and once you fall into that abyss, it's very difficult to get out um, with just the one team going up. That said, it would be nice, Stellenbosch should be rewarded for what they're doing, um, and it would be nice to see them go straight through. Personally, I think IX Cape Town, with the, uh, the investment in youth, um, they, they've been leaders in the Western Cape, and certainly an example to the rest of the PSL sure. um, that you invest in, in youth. And so I, I, think, I just think they've got the structures to allow South African talent to, to blossom, and I'd like to see them back competing at the highest level. Yeah, there's also a small matter, I say a small matter, uh, sarcastically, of course, before we wrap up the show, um, with less than three minutes, of the under-23 rule. Uh, it, at some point, I think five years ago or four years ago, uh, it, it, it was compulsory to have five under-23 players in the starting lineup within the starting lineup uh, that's when you would see guys like Jomasono and all the other teams uh, playing these under 23 players and then 10 minutes later they hook them off like they took they take two of them out now the rule is that at any stage in the starting 11 you must have two throughout the 90 minutes if you substitute one you must substitute with the other there must always be like two under 23 players and in the whole team sheet you must have five of the under 23 players uh, now Takuma Samatsebandera is 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 in the is in the docks because they are accused of having matches where initially from the beginning of the game they had these players but the end of the 90 minutes there's not a single player or there's only one who is under 23 in the starting 11 what do you chance make of that rule uh, before we wrap up quickly your thoughts in less than uh, 60 seconds I mean, it shouldn't be difficult. I mean, that is how it should be. I mean, uh, most teams um, uh, in the National First Division should be using players under the age of the under 23. But because of um, the experience, uh, many m- many teams they prefer to use these experienced players. I mean, it should start from the for, from the ABC Municipal League. There should be a structure. There, uh, is, there is a there is an age limit as well. Continue. There is an age limit even in the in the in the, in the ABC Municipal League. Sure. That's why you have players who are 21 years old for five different years using different identities because they want to circumvent that under 21 rule but you yeah. can continue yeah uh, so, so that is why i'm saying it, it shouldn't be difficult i mean uh takuma they know the rules i mean if they are found to be guilty they will be punished that is why uh, they also dented their their chances of also making uh, a chance of gaining points and uh, gaining a spot in that uh, nfd psl pl- uh, promotional playoffs but for this uh, the, the, the rule it's a, quite a, a good rule two players of under the under, uh, under 23 age it shouldn't be difficult to do. All right. Clint, your take? Rodney, your take? Yeah, as far as I'm concerned, look, I'm, I'm, I'm completely against this under-23 rule at, uh, at NFD level. At that um, level, I think at professional that, level. Yeah, I think that at the, in the next year, I mean, remember that these clubs are going to go up to the PSL next season. And at that level, you should be having uh, whoever, whoever the coach wants to pick, he mm. should pick. Um, if you want to have an under-23 development um, league, you can go, they can go and play in the MDC. Mm. Um, we can create an under-23 league where, 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 where the kids can go and play. But I think if this is our next tier, our second tier of professional football, there shouldn't be an under-23 rule. That's mm. my opinion. Yeah, I mean, they are businesses. Uh, that's what Jomasono used to say. Dr. Jomasono used to say that uh, these teams are businesses. They should not be forced to... Uh, they should not be told uh, to how, how to run their businesses. As we wrap up, gentlemen... Um, Suppose your take, Clint, on this in terms of the under-23 rule and whether it hamstrings the National First Division clubs. What's the next step? What should be done about this? Look, if you look at the sentiment behind the rule, the sentiment is good. 
It's saying let's develop young talent in South Africa. But for the PSL to pass that buck onto the NFD, a promotional league, I think is the wrong way to do it. There are other ways to, 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 to ensure that development takes place. Make sure that there's a rule that all PSL clubs, youth coaches, must, be, must have UEFA licenses to make sure. sure that young players are getting the best coaching. Um, that would be a better way of doing it. Um, as Rodney mentioned, there's an MDC league. Make that an under-20 league. Um, so there, there, there are various ways of doing it. I don't think it should be carried by the NFD. I think they're fighting for promotion. It's, as, it's, it's hard already. Um, let's not make it harder. Yeah, and as we wrap up, of course, I suppose my take on it is that the irony of this under-23 rule is that in 2016, when we went to the Rio Olympics, um, Amak look, look, the under-23s only had one under-23 player in the national from the national first division. That was Mutobi Mvala, who was playing for Highlands Park at the time. All the other players, including goalkeeper Itumel Nkune, uh, were players over the age that we even had two players over the age of 22, 23, um, who of course that is allowed, but we didn't take players from the National First Division who are regular players. We rather took players who are bench players, under 23 players, 21-year-olds uh, from Kaiser Chiefs who are not playing in their clubs. Right, we've just uh, finished a conversation um, regarding the National First Division. We had Roger Fatumba on the show. You've missed out on a lot of that um, if you were not with us. If you've been with us, hopefully you enjoyed the journey. We spoke to Paul Hendrik Ekstein as well. We tried to speak to other parties as well, but we didn't get an opportunity to chat to them. However, all of these topics will be further explored in the next edition of the Sokolado newspaper on the Sokoladuma website we follow all the hottest football stories in the land one we are one of the biggest if not the biggest on the continent when it comes to football stories my name is Gurule Konkeu Rodney Rhinus was with me Clint Roper was with me Shane Simon Srela was with me as well thank you very much for joining us until next time Sokoladuma Radio Sokoladuma Radio